toes, ketchup on pop roll. Ketchup on pudding, ketchup on biscotti. Ketchup in the glove compartment when I'm riding shoddy. Ketchup on string cheese, ketchup on... Hello and welcome to another episode of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. I thought you were going to say a different name. Oh, I, I, well, I wasn't going to give my full name or my full fictional name. We were just talking about alter egos and a fun trick. I I feel like that like both men and women can do this. Mm -hmm. If you have not, if you are are married or partnered with somebody and did not change your name, which is to me a weird thing to, it's a weird thing to change your name. I don't judge people for it. It's totally your choice. But it just, to me, like I got married when I was 32. I lived 32 years as an intravia. It seemed really strange that after 32 years, I would just suddenly change my last name to a completely different one that is a completely different ethnicity and syllables and letters. And it, it just seemed very odd to me. And I, it, it's, I'm sure, um, and again, many women do it. Many men do it. Not, not as many men do it, but a lot of women do it. More men should do it. More men should do it. I know. I mean. Especially cons- if it's a cool last name like right? mine. Right. You, I mean, you have a very cool last name. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah, Christine's last, I mean, people know your last name because we yeah. say it every week so that they buy your book, Christine Makepeace. That's my name. Mm-hmm. And then late the other day, a, a late a lady, I don't know why I'm telling the story that way. At work, my boss was like, hey, can I ask you a personal question? And I was like, whoa, it's about to get real. And then she was like, is that is that your last name or did you take your husband's? And I was like, oh, no, it's mine. And then what what was she like trying to get? Was she like, oh, you're cooler now because you were born with that name? Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's what she was trying to say. Yeah. I had somebody at work once like jokingly call me Mrs. Intravia and then was like, wait, that's not, that's not your name because I knew you before you were married and what is your, what what is your name? I'm like, my name is Intravia. He's like, no, but what's your, what's your husband's name? I'm like, it doesn't matter because I didn't take it. So therefore you don't need to know it. (laughs) But but it's fun if you um, play if like you ever need to establish an alter ego to imagine uh, if you had taken your partner's name like who that person would be because mine changes completely I become waspy and scary and very wealthy and I'm very rude to people that make less money than me yeah and so and sometimes look I don't think all the time sometimes you need a little bit of that energy because people corporations. Yeah which are not people but corporations like to treat you like you're a little cog and mm-hmm. sometimes you need to be like no i'm a valued customer that's right i, I am i am not italian there you go that's the difference whoa <laughs> that makes a huge difference doesn't it yeah yeah you'd be surprised sometimes yeah. it does uh then they're hearing my voice like as a voice as opposed to like picturing me talking with my hands so <laughs> yeah the cross I bear uh but all that is to say we're a movie podcast Woohoo! mostly sometimes sometimes you know whatever uh we talk about movies and this is one of our catch-up episodes yeah it is yeah. um and it's the catch-up from like October so <laughs> strap in that's right I mean not that most of what we talk about isn't horror but pretty much everything we'll talk about today is under the genre, if you will. Uh, I think you are entirely horror, correct? I think so. Maybe yeah. some, like, adjacent, but nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. We went hard in October. Nice, nice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and mine is, le- mine is almost entirely. I have two exceptions, uh, which are just documentaries. And the reason my list in general is fairly small, and that's because the other thing that starts in October, for me, which 
takes up a lot of time and change, adjusts my viewing habits is figure skating. Figure skating season I, begins I knew around October. Mm-hmm. Say. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we are we just had you know just wrapped up week five of the Grand Prix, which means every weekend I'm like, okay, get away from me. I'm gonna sit down and watch figure skating for eight hours. It's you know become like a very soothing, relaxing thing for me. Uh, and the other part of that is um, it's put me just in general in a very like athletic-y mood. So mm-hmm. I discovered on HBO Max there is a series of documentaries called usually it's like 16 days of glory or 20 days of glory whatever it is it's all of these um just sort of long form documentaries about different olympics oh that's actually really fun it's great criterion it's great under criterion banner i forget the filmmaker who did the first few and then i think they kind of like they changed a little bit as they went on but basically it was just sort of a like here are the 1994 winter olympics and they go through not every single event, not every single one, but they'll go through like day by day and pick probably one or two events and they're following like the best story within it. And what's mm-hmm. funny is it's not always the story that like, you know, like you would think it would be Tanya yeah, and Nancy, yeah, yeah. but it's not. It was actually for 94, I forget which figure skater it was. Um, but so it might be like the older figure skater who came back or something or, you know, and it's just really like soothing to have on in the background. It's a lot of, you know, if, if you're, if like you appreciate like Olympic athletes, like I do, I just can like watch amazingly fit people do incredible acts of physical things that nobody should be actually be able to do uh mm-hmm. it's very soothing so i recommend it as a good background if you're ever in the mood yeah i actually am a sucker for stuff like that i mean you know i have like a secret love of like baseball movies yeah. and then that extends and i suddenly have a secret love of football movies and mm-hmm. then i have to take a step back and go like wait i think you just like dramatizations of sports And this is perfect for that because they take the human, they pull the human interest story like right out. So it's like five minutes per segment on, Mm -hmm. you know, the one marathoner talking about like how they, you know, kicked it in in the last mile. And it's, it's just really neat. And it's very, it's fascinating too for the time stamp aspect of it because they have them. I think they start, there's like one from the sixties, but it's obviously a different team, but most of them, I think it begins in 1984 and like went through all the way up to, I think 2012 is the last one they have on there. So I'm going to have, you said HBO, HBO max. Yeah. Look up 16 days of glory and then you'll see all of them from there. I think I probably scrolled past them and thought like, huh, but your endorsement means a lot. Yeah. It's, it's again, good background viewing. Yeah. The only other non-genre uh, movie I watched was a do- was also a documentary, and this was on Hulu. It was uh, Dior and I, Ooh. and it was a it's a fashion documentary about the I forget the name, but the designer who currently I mean not currently this was a couple of years ago, so whenever this was, but who essentially is you know the new manager or I forget the term for it, but like the new head designer at Dior. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about this is it is a lot about the actual like making of a collection and a couture collection so you mm-hmm. get to like watch the seamstresses like and like learn oh, more about I, that. I love that shit yeah, yeah. and and realizing like I like fashion I, I don't know anything about it but I find it interesting I respect it a lot I understand the art of it and this is a, a really interesting window especially into because it's France like it's not a world that you're easily let into mm-hmm. um so if you have interest it's on Hulu yeah mm-hmm. that sounds good too 
Yeah. You're, you're killing it. Yeah, so well, far. you know me. So now, with all that being said, let's talk about October spookiness. Yeah, I'm excited to see if we have any any crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. We, pro- we probably have like one, a few, but not yeah. many. There's like one of the more high-profile releases that I watched. Oh, okay. But for the most part, mine... It's me, so it's like I'm like ten years too late on most stuff. I do, I do understand that. I, I as well. So, did you have any game plan? Did you have a theme? I know in the past you have, but what was your approach to this year? No, so that's interesting. This th- year's theme was quantity. Oh. It was just go for it. Nice. And we had a we had the idea that we were going to get into some classic stuff. Like we had some uh, Bava and Argento mm-hmm. pulled aside and some earlier like um, 60s stuff and some lesbian vampire stuff. And then we just completely uh, fumbled and didn't do any of that. Oh, okay. So what <laughs> did you do? Where do you want to start? Um, I do. I know that this is the thing that I do where I say, have we talked about this yet? But did we talk about um, Unwelcome, which was the like the goblin home invasion? We did movie? not. I remember okay. hearing about it on I think NOTLP, and I don't think they were big fans of it. All right, so I think I talked to somebody else about it, and not you. Um, but I did watch Unwelcome, which is a, a newer, mm-hmm. exactly what I what I just said, <laughs> like a goblin home home invasion thing. Um, I gave it a three. But I also watched it like what, like a month and a half ago, and mm. I don't remember a lot about it. So that's mm. not a super good sign. When you described it as a goblin home invasion, I know I know from the <laughs> description I heard that it's like no, it's a, but it's not like goblins home invading, right? Like it's not like the goblins are the strangers, or are they? Um. <laughs> Because it's really funny, because I know it, I feel like I know it's not, but now in my head I've rewritten this movie to be that way, and I want to see that movie. I, they're not as, like, the the goblins aren't, don't have modern sensibilities, I guess. Okay. So, I can't decide so if it disappoints not, me or not. Um, but, like, as I was watching it, I felt the feelings of enjoying it, but then after the fact, I nothing stuck with me. But that, again, that could be a more of a me thing than a mm. movie thing. But it's a recommend, like, if you're at all interested okay. in it. I, I mean, I liked the concept, and you, you don't get many goblins in movies these days, so hey. Me too, and honestly, I think the goblins are the high point. Like, they're the best part of it. I mean, they should be if you're a yeah. goblin movie. Well, how many goblin movies don't focus on the goblins? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have yeah. any examples. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so that was a Shudder movie, so I'll mention a Shudder movie I watched. Uh, you might have watched this one. I don't know. I didn't really like it. Uh, elevator Game. Didn't watch it. Yeah, don't. Didn't it's... think I was going to like it. I, I don't really know who this was made for. I feel like it could have been... Um, it could have been lightened and been like a perfectly fine teen horror movie, but it's not, and so it's mm-hmm. just no. Like they're all awful young people. Like, and they're not even the worst young people. They're just kind of like assholes, but not terrible assholes. Yeah. They're just fine. Like they're people that I don't want to watch for ninety minutes. Um, and it doesn't really do anything surprising. It was I don't know. It was disappointing because I I like the director as like a talking head, and I've like enjoyed a lot of what she's done. Uh, it's, I think it's Rebecca McKendry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I did know that. Yeah. Um, and that was the only reason. And after you're done talking, I'll tell you why I haven't watched it yet. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I just didn't oh, okay. really like it that much. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So I knew that Rebecca had directed it, and that is obviously very interesting for many reasons. But so I don't know if you know anything about like the elevator game or that kind of thing. No, I didn't know that was a thing. I, for all I knew, it was made up for the movie. Yeah. So they do something like that in an episode of the television show Evil. Um, oh, okay. And I hope that friend and listener James is shouting in the background when I mention <laughs> that because I know he, he enjoys that show. Um, but they did it there. And then um, they've talked about it on other shows and mm. other like documentary type shows and things um, because of, I think it's the Cecil Hotel. I could be making that okay. up. But it ha- like a lady did something like that in a hotel and then she died horribly and it was very strange. So this is like, so it's kind of zeitgeisty. Like I've seen it out there in the world and now there's a movie about it and and my first thought was well what am I going to get from this movie that I haven't already gotten from the other times I've heard about it you know right 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 so that's why I had hadn't prioritized it yeah it just didn't I don't know I I, it just didn't do anything for me yeah Eh, maybe I'll unless for some reason I need to dig into the elevator game stuff I guess maybe I'll just pass for the other thing that might interest you and this is also something that doesn't interest me so it might be another reason why the movie didn't really do much for Mm. me personally uh it's a it's the (laughs) we're we're internet personalities and we do a like ghost reality hunting show so it's that and you like that's why I wanted to throw that out there because I know you really like that um and for me, like, I find that stuff just annoying because that's not what I like. So when I see yeah. a movie doing it, it's like, oh. Um, but it does that. And I think that aspect of it is probably done well for for that. So you might want it just for that. Oh, okay. Well, now you've resold me. I know. It's it's short, too. I think I said 90 minutes, but it's, it's like, much less than that. So Okay. All right. Give it well, a go. Because now I'm curious. Because it might, again, this, I'm saying, like, yeah, but this is just, it very much, it felt quickly, like, oh, tonally, I'm not the audience for this movie. I get that. I mm-hmm. get that. No, I, I guess, yeah, I'll check it out, and I'll, right, cool. I'll get back to you. All right. Give me another one. Okay. Did you watch The Last Voyage of the Demeter? I did not. Uh, tell me what you thought of it. I need to rewatch this. Okay. But but I was I was my initial feeling was I was underwhelmed by mm. it. it. It it's funny because my husband has been was like really excited when he saw they were finally making that movie. Uh, yeah. because it's been like 30 years of different like the mm-hmm. like apparently if you watch it there's going to be like 25 people listed as producers because it went through development hell for for decades. And it makes sense as a movie. Take this great chunk of a, a, a novel that has never been filmed and turn it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just didn't hear anything that gl- glowingly positive about it. Even th- how, Okay, here's a question. Uh, how much is my boy Liam Cunningham in it? Um, he was Davos in Game, Game of Thrones. Like, older salt and pepper man. I just want to make sure I... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, not enough. Oh, okay. Um... It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that it kind of felt eh. mm. like it, it was it wasn't as like, I don't know. It just didn't catch me. That's going to be a theme. Mm. You're going to see, yeah. see this continuing theme um, on a lot of the new movies. And that's why I preface everything by saying, I think, well, things that I'm interested in. And I think I need to rewatch this because I, I want to like this and I can't tell you why it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I would like to go back in and be like you know, hey, what's go? What? Why am? Why is this not working for me? 
Because okay. I can't, I can't articulate it right now. It just felt a little boring. That was my fear. As soon as I yeah. saw the trailer, like, and I think that is often the case on what is the what is the term for it? Theatrical studio horror movies, plain and simple. Where, um, and I can't think of like any others to throw out there because there are less. There are like a lot less than there used to be. But whenever that happens, whenever it's like, oh, a studio has made this movie from the beginning, mm-hmm. it, I'm always like in my head, I'm like, then you, it's probably not really for me. It's probably for a more mainstream audience. And especially whenever it has like a sheen of respectability about it, for me, I'm always afraid it's going to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I you're, you're talking about like more modern genre and horror releases. Mm-hmm. I felt like over the past, I don't know three or four years and I know we've we've been going through a lot with with COVID and then going into strikes and stuff that the output has been strange and different and we've had to recalibrate but I think in the last three or four years there are very few horror releases that I've actually enjoyed Mm -hmm. and and it gets to a point where I have to start wondering like well is it me Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> which again is why I say like I don't know I, I'll look at it again I'll revisit it again because I, I wonder if maybe in like five years I'll go back and be like oh my god Demeter what a breath of fresh air that movie was and I didn't realize it or something well you know yes because I think I forget what movie we talked about recently maybe copycat like mm-hmm. that I have felt that way recently about a lot of 90s of, of this ilk, 90s yeah. studio films that at the time didn't work for me, that today when I watch them, they just feel like, oh, I wish I was getting this kind of movie now. Um, yes. And I'll, you know what? I'll use an example of one of the movies on this list that isn't from that era, but just was a recent one. And I watched it because I know you liked it. You recommended it to me. And I, and I enjoyed it as well. And it reminded me of this is the kind of movie that had it come out in the theaters and I had seen it advertised, I would have avoided it like the plagues. I would have said, oh, not made for my kind of audience, made for, uh, I don't know, my coworkers that go to the movies. Like mm-hmm. other grown-ups that want to go see maybe something scary, but also not something terrifying or something mm-hmm. that pushes any boundaries. And so that movie for me, um, the Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried, You Should Have Left. I liked that movie. I did too. I liked it a lot. Um, but had I seen a trailer for that, had, yeah, especially like if it was, you know, like these big movie stars in a movie from the director of Stir of Echoes, which I think, again, is a movie that when I saw it back then, I felt similarly of like, Mwah. and today I'm like, no, Stir of Echoes is actually really good. It is really good. And some of that is just that like chip on my shoulder of, and not even like, oh, we're hardcore horror fans. Like we want you know, mm-hmm. more blood, like, but there is a, a point where you feel like, okay, if a movie is made for a broad audience, it's not going to go deep enough for me. Yeah. And it's nice to kind of, when that, when that's not the case. Totally. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's so interesting to hear someone else articulate it because it's something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like chip on your shoulder, like I sometimes wonder, am I going into this with a bias that I don't realize? Because yeah. there are multiple 2021, 2022, 2023 movies on here where I'm just like, I don't know. Right, I, right. I don't I, get it. Like, I, <laughs> and I, I'm so worried that like I'm I've turned on the, my one true love. Oh no. 
and I don't want that. But but there are movies on here I did like. Good, good, good. But yeah, I'm I glad mean, you you should have left. I'm glad you great. liked. I should have left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have left. I should. Yeah, have. yeah. I no. wanted to rewatch that one because I remember really liking it, and mm-hmm. then everybody was like, "This one's not that good." I was like, "What?" What are you talking about? It's really funny, too, watching it, because it was on Peacock, and Mm -hmm. Peacock suddenly, by the way, is like, the way Amazon Prime used to be for horror, and I think Tubi is a little bit now for horror, now Peacock is that, too. I think I've noticed that, too. wild things out there, and it's great, so if you... And a peacock, again, I, I have peacock for figure skating, so that was the main <laughs> reason. But I'm telling you, like, if you haven't looked at the um, horror section of Peacock in a while, go and check it out, because you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Um, you Should Have Left was was good. It was spooky. It did that thing that I love, which is the house is bigger than it should be. Um, oh. Good. That little girl was great. Like, really yep. strong child actor. Uh, yeah, it just worked for me. I'm like, on every level, I was happy with it. Yeah. Me too. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Exciting. All right. Give me another one. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so The Nun 2 is the next one. The Nun 2. I, 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 the, when we first saw The Nun, I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sometimes didn't enjoy movies that I would see in the, the theater because sometimes the theater experience sucked. Um, I We rewatched The Nun when it was kind of announced that this one was really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I loved it. I was like, wait a second, what was wrong with me? This movie is fantastic. I love The Nun. So I was I was newly jazzed for the sequel. Very disappointed. Yeah. It was a little scattered. It was kind of scattered and all over the place, and the story jumped around a lot, and I didn't really understand. Like, the themes weren't there, so that one just kind of felt like, super edity or or a little disjointed mm-hmm. i know why i didn't why that one didn't work for me which sucks because i i had come to really enjoy that story i thought that story was really fun mm. Mm. yeah for me just that whole uh with exceptions here and there again like the animal movies i like but yeah. just that that conjuring universe i guess is that what we call it does it have a like fancy name or is it just no, people call them conjuring think- movies I think Conjuring Universe is what I've heard people call okay. them. Okay. Yeah. It, in general, it, those don't fully work for me. Kind of in some cases for the same reasons that I kind of already said. Um, but I just find them, there is something that feels empty about a lot of them. Totally. I totally agree with yeah. you. Yeah. And this one, this one continues that. Mm, okay. Like, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Right, let me. Uh, I'll. I'll give a good one. How about that? Ooh, yeah. How about I throw a movie? I have a good one next too. Oh, good, good, good. Yay. All right. So this one was one that came up on. Uh, this one we watched on Hulu that I think Brandon had saw a trailer for and said like, "Oh, this looks like something we should watch." I'm like, "All right." Uh, you are not my mother. I have not seen this one still, but people have said it's good. It's good. It's. I believe it's Irish. Uh, I think it's a female writer director. I think. Uh, and it, it's been a, it feels like this is like the longest ago movie that I watched because suddenly like some of the details are gone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good. It was, I really liked the, the lead. I liked the relationships within it. Um, really good cast, uh, does interesting things with like bullying in a way that I hadn't quite seen, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's a good kind of creepy monster thing. It, it, it has a lot of those kind of standard things that you have in a lot of these kinds of movies today as far as like, 
oh, is it supernatural or is it abuse or is it, um, is it mental illness? Is it this? Is it that? But it, it all works. I don't know. And it, um, it, it's one of those movies that like, I, I will probably go back to in a couple of years just to see kind of like what else I might've missed in there. But overall I thought it was, it was very good. I was very satisfied with it. Okay, I'm going to have to bump it up with mm-hmm. you. Because this is what we're talking about with the newer newer crop of movies. Sometimes it can go really bad. Oh, of course it can. Like, yeah. Do I want it? Do I want to risk it mm-hmm. for something I might not like? So that is a ringing endorsement from you. All right. Woo-hoo. Let me hear your good one. Okay, this is the, the bright point in the month. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, you, and you might have seen it because it is available. Um, and that would be Totally Killer. No, I actually did not, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, so I I was a little armfoldy about it. You know, because, because of Final Girls, right? <laughs> yeah, same, same. It was like, wow, what a great idea for a movie. And you're like, yeah, it is a great idea. That's why Final Girls did it really well. Yeah, so there is that. And it's kind of undeniable how similar, like mm, just the elevator sure. pitch for both of them are. But uh, thankfully, Totally Killer takes a completely different Good. approach. And it has a totally different totally different totally couple. killer different way and it's very funny and it's very sweet and Good. the main i mean kiernan shipka is in it but yep. the the other main girl who is named olivia holt was in um i think it was cruel summer some like very pll okay style, got it got it like freeform-esque show and she's phenomenal in it. And so when I saw that she was in this, I was like, oh, she's going to chew some shit up as an 80s girl. And she does. It's nice. really fun. Oh, good. Yeah, that um, – I, I have not heard anybody really say anything bad about it. And it's been people that whose opinions I really trust. Mm-hmm. And I just keep forgetting it's there because I, I never, like, go and browse on Amazon. Or if I do, like, that's when I'm, I know I want to watch with Brandon. Uh, and usually on Amazon is my like, okay, I need to download something to watch at the gym. What shitty horror movie can I yep. find? <laughs> uh, oh, and on that note, let me talk about the shitty horror movie that I found. I think I mentioned it last time as a tease, but oh my God. If So you know this. I love terrible Saw ripoffs. Yes, I like, do know that. <laughs> they can be insufferable. They can be unwatchable. And it's just to me like you're taking what is already – a really iffy premise and you're trying to find a way in and it's and you're gonna make a mess out of it and this is death count which does, does all those things the, the best thing about it is that costas mandalore is in it he's wearing a mask the entire time uh which is just funny to me because i think the movie even references saw and you're like so did they put him in a mask because like it would have been too meta or did they put him in a mask because costas mandalore had like half a day to film that was like i'm not doing makeup just just put a mask on me i'm not, I'm not even you know you're not paying me enough to sit in a makeup chair uh this is it's bad it's so a bunch of people are you know wake up in a room and they've got collars on and they have to do like terrible self-mutilation or else one of them will die and it's just so inept because what happens is every scene goes the same way where it's like the voice for costas mandalore in a mask comes on and says like okay so you have to, you know, pull off a fingernail, and if you don't, you know what happens. And one guy will be like, no, I'm not doing it. And the other guy's like, you have to do it. And the guy's like, no, I'm not doing it. And then he dies, like a horrible, brutal death. And then, ten minutes later, it's like, all right, time is up for the next challenge. Now you have to, you know, pull an ear off. 
And then the guy who was like, you have to do it, is now like, I'm not doing this. And then he gets his, gets his head blown off. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And again, I think I said it last time, the best part about it, too, is that it's, it ends up being about theater programs in high schools. Uh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, because how could I not? I can't. I have to. That's the selling point for this movie, too, I think, people like me. I just went into it thinking I was getting a bad Saw movie. I did not know I was also getting an attempt to say we need the arts programs in high schools because look at the consequences. Well, I mean, I like that. So I have a couple questions because I just spent some time, as you were describing this film, scrolling through the pictures on IMDb. (laughs) Um, Is it Making a movie is a feat of strength. And True. I applaud anyone that's able oh, yeah. to make it. It takes one. time, it takes money, it takes heart. There are screenshots from or screen captures from this movie <laughs> that and this is not a read because if you know who I am, you know it's not, that look like very low budget porn. So for some reason, um there is no sex in this movie, but there is <laughs> I didn't didn't think there was. Well, there's like one, one, there's a couple of shots of like, one woman is poison gassed to death. So she takes Mm. off her jumpsuit as that happens. And she's got like a banging body and she's like wearing, happens to be wearing like very like sexy black underwear. Uh, And there's at one point the lead, who's the only good thing in this movie, the lead actress is actually very good. Um, at one point near the end of the movie, she just like rips her shirt off as if to be like, is this what you want? And you're watching it. You're like, no, I actually, we didn't. Please, please put, 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 put that back on. Um, it definitely has the, like, I think everybody filmed their scenes in the same room, but at like, it was like, okay, now we're going to film your scenes. Go into the cell. Okay, quick. Bang it out in a day. Okay. Next day. Somebody else goes in that room. So it has that budget probably. Um, the ma- some of the effects were like it's all practical effects and some of them showed that like you know probably like the um the the makeup guy had had some skill so there's that i, I it could it just it's so, this is fascinating to me and i think i might have been roped into watching it now because i'm so fascinated by do it please do it i think you will find it an experience and i want to hear about that experience yeah it looks wild like i'm intrigued it's very short too an audacious thing to i don't like why is costas mandalore in a movie that we're saying is like saw like in the movie we're saying it yeah i know and it almost looks like a parody i'm fascinated i want to know more do it just just watch it Okay. We're going to stop the podcast right now. Christine's (laughs) going to come back in 78 minutes to report on. It looks like it's on Tubi too. So, I mean, take your pick of where to watch it. I I mean, I prefer no commercials, but hey. (laughs) Wild. What a great suggestion from Emily. That's right. That's right. Uh, right. (laughs) Oh my God. Is it my turn? I'm sure. It's your turn. I want to hear it. (laughs) Um, Talk that. So again, lots of new movies uh, this past month. There is only one that I really felt like I strongly disliked. Like I, I really would dissuade anybody from watching. Um, and that would be Pet Cemetery Bloodline. Mm, I wondered and, about that. I did not see it. Art is subjective. We all like different things. Some of my favorite movies people think are trash. I just didn't, nothing. I mm. and, and it got to a point where I was like, actively irritated watching it and i don't like that feeling how did you feel about the one that came out a few years ago i didn't 
I didn't enjoy it. Like I wasn't yeah. a fan of it, but it watching it didn't make me like want to flip a table or anything. Yeah, like I didn't it was get... it was fine, but I didn't think it yeah. did anything to improve on anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was there. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, like they made a re- it was to me it was like um akin to the poltergeist remake. Like no. I don't know why you did it. You didn't it's fine, but whatever. It, it was one of those I get it if you want to say this is a novel and we're going to adapt the novel again because yeah. there's other ways to adapt a 800-page novel, so sure. Yep. But then if if memory serves the only thing it did different didn't really mean anything. Like it does this one thing that you're like, oh, that's new, but it didn't have, it, it could have just as easily been the other thing and it would have been fine. It wouldn't have yeah. made any difference whatsoever. So I don't, I don't see, I don't even really remember that. Yeah. But Bloodline is like, it's a prequel. Like it's, it's in the past. I think it's in the, in the late sixties. Um, which is already a tough sell for me. Mm, so right, because that's like it, your your pure Stephen King uh, nostalgia right there. Kind of, and so I, but I was still willing to give it a shot, and it just it 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 muddied a bunch of stuff and fumbled a bunch of stuff. Mm. And uh, again, if if you like this movie, that's cool. But like sometimes I just feel feel like I don't know. Dead is for. better, Christine. Who, I know who, but who is this for? Was mm. a huge thing in my head during this one. Um, if you, if you watch it, I would be very curious to see if you had a different reaction. Yeah. I, I have not heard anybody give any like reason to watch it. Like mm-hmm. a, a, I thought it was a mini series at first, um, but it's not right. It's just a single movie. No, it's just, it's yeah. just, just a standalone film. Which normally I, I could be like, oh, I'll roll the dice on that. But I just, I have not heard anybody be like, yeah, it's, you know, this is interesting about it. Like it just like more people either hating it or be or saying kind of like ah that's a waste of time which kind of yeah which is such a bummer yeah because there's no reason you can't that's a good story to tell it could easily be done well yeah that original i mean you know i'm not a huge stephen king fan Mm -hmm. but that that you know pet Pet cemetery prime is a tremendous horror movie like it's so good and like so it you can make a good version of the story and so I have to believe you could make a good version set in the late 60s. Why not? Of, of the story. Like, that would be so fun. But... Speaking of, uh, very funny tangent. I was listening to, Mick Garris has a podcast, and I was listening to it, and he was interviewing Mary Lambert. Um, and it was great, because, she, I mean, she sounds delightful. I, I didn't realize she had such a strong Southern accent, because I, I don't think I've ever really heard her speak. Um, it. But it was it was a really nice conversation. She's, you know, obviously a very... Uh, somebody who has had a really interesting career and a career like nobody else. Um, but at one point they were talking about directing TV because she's done a lot of that. That's primarily been what she's been doing the last like 20 years. And, you know, Mick Harris is like, yeah, well, I, you know, I did some too. And she says on the fucking podcast, yeah, I wish you'd invited me on your Ooh. show. She's like, you never called me. Uh-huh. Because for those of you who might not remember, a couple oh years ago, God. Christine and I covered every fucking Masters of Horror episode. And if you remember the first two seasons, there were only two seasons, um, they're not a single female nope. director at all. So, uh, maybe a female writer here or there, but mm-hmm. um, none. None. And instead, we have shit episodes that hate women and everything else. Um, and I remember us both saying, like, there were women out there that 
they yes, were there. Like, you didn't necessarily have a female Dario Argento in that era that you could hire, but like there were women that you could have called, and like prime example of one who fucking calls him out on this show. So what did he say? Did he, he just what? kind of like laughed. He's like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "When he's like, I'm working on something now, and I absolutely oh. want you there." Oh yeah, now redo it now mm-hmm. with everybody that you left out then. Exactly. Yep. Oh. So I knew I, I had to let you know that. That so. was if I, we don't do. Behind the scenes, we don't do video here. People think it's weird. Um, <laughs> the the way that I gasped, I put mm-hmm. my hands over my mouth and I didn't remove them until you were done talking. <laughs> I was so taken aback by that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go seek it out. It's towards the end of the episode. Um, I forget what the, pod- the podcast is actually called, but if you find Nick Garris, you'll find him. So, yep. I think it's postmortem. Postmortem, that's uh, it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> wow. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, oh, let's see. New movie. So I watched a new movie. Okay. Oh, yay. What? Uh, via Peacock, every, my new favorite network. <laughs> I gave a go to Five Nights at Freddy's. Did you so watch did it? So did I. Yeah. So did I. What friend. did you think? I didn't like it. I now I need to talk to my, my niece Erin who uh will come up again on, on this show. I need to talk to her about it because I know she was a big fan of the games. I'm watching this movie and I just it, you said it earlier about another movie where you say, Who is this made for? Why yeah. is this movie about a essentially killer Chuck E. Cheese, right? That's that's the premise in a nutshell. That's what it is, yeah. Why is it so fucking drab? So drab. So, so boring. Drab so weird um like i don't know i don't know a lot about the games either i mean i know they exist i've seen the toys i I do understand it to a degree (laughs) not the nuances of it or anything but uh, so i don't know if this is a good represent i do i've watched youtube videos where they say it's not a good representation of the game but that's why i don't personally know that um i just want something fun and entertaining and it's it wasn't there were a couple times where like the lights came on in the mm-hmm. in the in the rocket fire explosion place, and it's great, and it's woo, and then it stops immediately, and, and it's it's so strange, and yeah. it then becomes just this very you're right, very drab, very yeah. slow movie where people sleep a lot, which is true. <laughs> well, and, I mean, in fairness, that is what we do with a third of our lives. But like, it, I don't need to see it on screen. <laughs> that was so True. mean. I'm so mean. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm trying to write movies. I shouldn't be casting aspersions. Um, <laughs> well, you also want to see why when a movie doesn't work. It it just it and then I get that the the I get that in the game that the ghosts of the children are inside the animatronics. I get that that is a real thing, but in the movie, it really felt like it came out of nowhere. Well. And I'm fine with that reveal. I just, oh, I, I, love I don't yeah. understand what I was getting. Like, <laughs> it, it's PG-13, and I actually really liked the violence. I thought some of the violence was done really well. Like, there's, like, one big massacre that's done kind of in shadow. And yep. I thought, like, oh, like, this director has an eye for how to do this. This is PG-13 horror done right in that regard. But then, like, you would get the whole, like, all of the, what's her name? You... All of her stuff was so boring and serious and heavy. You have Peta Malark. I I don't know. I don't remember the actress's name. He's Peta. Like, he's your main character? Why is he your main character? Like, you know what this reminded me of? 
Oh, I can't wait. It's a weird out. one. It's an odd movie to ever come into um, compare contrast with with Five Nights at Freddy's. The first Magic Mike. <laughs> if you remember the first Magic Mike, I do. Yes, I've there watched is it a couple times for some reason. Okay, there is one aspect of that movie that just feels like that that I think drags the entire thing down and totally doesn't make sense and changes the type of movie that like you kind of want to and again we've talked before about like oh like rate the movie you saw not the one that you wanted to see exactly but like magic mike was sold in a very specific way and most of it is this way except his love interest in that movie is this fucking sourpuss who does not belong in this movie it's olivia munn right no no it's um (laughs) the it's like michael eisner's daughter or something like oh you're like, right you're right i always it, get that confused, yeah right? it's it's somebody yeah. who was like clearly like maybe it was i mean it wasn't nepotism but like who knows the details of it but like she's just like moody and angry and not charming and not fun and not like hot enough for channing tatum sorry like and you're like why is why is she the one driving his actions in this story because i'm miserable watching this and that's sort of what i felt like with five nights and freddy's as far as like the choices that were made for some of the just the general plot mm-hmm. of like why have your lead character in this movie about a killer Chuck E. Cheese be this like sad guy who can't hold a job, who's sad about his mm-hmm. brother and sad about taking care of his sister. And like, there's elements there with like, is it Mary Stuart Masterson where you're thinking like, Oh, there's something campy going on. This could be fun, but it, it it's not, yeah. it's just so bleh. And it was a strange, strange experience to me. I, I do agree. Um, there were a lot of great things in place. And I think that makes it again, even more frustrating when, mm-hmm. when things don't work, you and I are both fans of gateway horror. Yeah. We're, ne- we're never going to try to police your PG 13. Annabelle comes home, baby, bring it on. I'm like, ne- that's not us. It's, it's beyond that. And, and it is really frustrating when the stuff they choose to add, that's not really in game canon is, is not fun or not yeah. additive it's it's bogged down heavy storytelling that doesn't seem but again it's made so much money that right. it's like i guess maybe that doesn't matter and also jo- his name's Josh H- Hutcherson yeah but we call and i'm so sorry Josh cuz i know you listen um in my house <laughs> <laughs> Zach and i call him boring face but like <laughs> In the most loving way, because I do know his name, and I—he's the in my in my opinion, he's the best in Tragedy Girls. That's my favorite time he ever shows up in okay. anything. He's so fucking funny and fun in it. So I know he has it in him. It's just like in something like Hunger Games, he kind of was boring face in it. He, he's a <laughs> he. He can easily be sad sack, and I. He is here. Well, yeah, and I don't know why you would choose that to be the story to tell. Now, I will say. If they make a sequel to this, I bet that sequel could be fantastic. <gasps> Amazing, yeah. Yeah, I'm so all good. for I will watch the next one, even if it's the same team. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Magic Mike did that, right? Like, you learn your lessons and, and maybe you figure it out. Step Up, perfect example. Perfect step Up, example. I don't consider yep. Step Up part of the Step Up franchise. It's I consider right. you got served the first Step Up movie, and then Step Up 2 is when the series starts proper. Maybe we could do that with Freddy, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, because I, I don't think they're going to stop. This thing made money, and there's so much material to pull yeah. from. So keep going, made. and just ideally, I don't know, find the joy or the the fun. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our com- or our complaints, I guess, are mirrored in uh, pitch the pitch meeting for this. I don't know if you know those. Videos. Oh, I do. I do, but I've not watched it for this it's, one. It's 
good for this one. I, nice. There's a point that I made a hundred times when watching it mm. where I just kept turning to Zach and saying, it's when, he, <laughs> it's, when it's when the, the, um, uh, restaurant gets vandalized like during the day and they Josh Hutchison's like oh my god it's my fault and I'm like bro it's not his fault he's the night watch guy when if the place gets broken into while he's not there how is that his problem that's not his job and that's like, <laughs> they bring that up in the pitch meeting I'm like I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I like that that's your main complaint about the movie <laughs> well logistically it just didn't sure no nope, I get it I get it I'm with you Okay, that's enough of that. I'm so sorry. We're All right, give me another. Forever. <laughs> okay, the next one is another one that everybody seemed to really be into that oh. I didn't really get, and that is Dark Harvest. Oh, is this, where is this now? Because it sounded up my alley, but it was not streaming in a place that I could find it. Oh, I think we might have rented yeah. it. I don't even I know that's anymore. I uh, Just Watch yet. So this, I, <laughs> I had seen it like kind of described as like the purge meets something, which was up my alley but was it not for you what didn't work about it uh that's a really good question um none of it did oh wow none of none of it worked for me other than um luke kirby who i am a really big fan of um is in it as like an unhinged sheriff or something or police officer okay and he he's done some he's he's made some choices in this movie and i appreciate that and there is a creature, and I will say the creature design is good. Like, I have eyes. Um, everything else just doesn't work for me. Like, Okay. It, but, again, people people seem to really dig it. So maybe, again, different different needs from a movie. Sure. Um, it's uh, it's a good <laughs> cast. It's David Slade who's, who made the best Twilight movie. Oh, yeah. It is David Slade, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I will watch it. It's still rentable right now. It's not um, streaming for free. We pay for streaming, but it's not streaming on a site that I already pay for. So I will yeah. wait for it to come somewhere there. But Yeah, if it does pop up somewhere, like I don't avoid it because again, no, like, no, no. Cool, if anything, like... I'm more curious now to see, you know, do I land on Team Christine or Team everybody else? Uh, my team is weird and small these days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, here's one that I hated, and I think everybody probably that saw it hated. Uh, so obviously, in you know, during height of COVID and lockdown, we had movies come out like that one that you and I both think is overrated. What was that one called? The Zoom one. Oh, Host? Host, yeah. Uh, which is just a lesser unfriended, which is a better movie a, a great movie yeah, yeah. I, um, re I recently rewatched it it's yeah so it holds up so i watched one it's on hulu it's called safer at home Ooh, okay uh you don't please don't get excited this, oh. this was one of the worst things i've seen in a long time oh. uh it's a bunch of young people who are all like i guess here's part of the immediately part of the problem <laughs> yeah. is that like i guess they're all supposed to be like early 30s late 20s because they talk about like a high school reunion they talk about things yeah, um yeah. But they are all complete morons. They are idiots. They are unlikable. Uh, and what they do is it's all of them Zoom together and, like, you know, play games and that kind of thing. Fine, right? We all did it during during yeah. lockdown. Like, we get it. Um, so um, this is the first thing. This movie does this, like, immediately. And I'm thinking, you have to be kidding me that you think I'm on anybody's side in this movie. Uh, mm. One of the guys has sent everybody on the call. He has sent them drugs like he sent them like a pot brownie or like Mo oh no no, no. it's oh, like molly okay. i guess like okay right yeah and everybody's like great great and one guy is like uh no i don't do this i can't do it um 
Like I have to be like, oh, like I, I can get a call at work. Like they actually test me for it. I can't do it. They all bully him and pester him into doing it. That's obnoxious. Like, pe- like people, do, do people do that still? Like I can't remember the last time like that was acceptable behavior for anybody to do to another human being. So anyway, I, there's that. I would like to believe that it's not common behavior because those are all really valid reasons. Also, I don't want to as valid <laughs> Yeah, or like I have chosen not to. <laughs> yeah. So they all take it and um, <laughs> two of the characters start arguing over the over. And again, this is another thing this movie is doing where they're playing Never Have I Ever. And one of the women says like, oh, oh, or something like it's like true or false something. And basically it's like, oh, I once had sex with two guys in a day. And her boyfriend is furious about this. She's like, yeah, it was 10 years ago. I was in high school. You didn't know me. And he's like, can't handle it. They get into a fight and he ends up pushing her and she's not responding. And all the friends are freaking out because it's on camera. And like, what do we do? We can't call the cops because the cops won't come anyway. And you can't go outside because it's locked down. And in the movie, it's like slightly elevated to where it's like, oh, it's the year 2021 or it's you know in the future and it's even worse type thing yeah, yeah, yeah um and so it's like the guy running from the cops and like getting out of the house and doing like holding the cell phone in his face the entire time in a perfectly still manner and his friends just freaking out it is insufferable uh i hated this movie with every fiber of my being oof yeah. that is bad yeah i'm yeah, I'm sorry you went through that. I know, and I just, you know, me, like, I should have turned, like, I can't turn shit off. I know, I you know. know. Uh, and it has the dumbest ending. Oh, 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 and it's the director who also did one of the Escape Room movies that isn't Escape Room, but is Escape Room. Oh, yeah, maybe the one I saw. It's like Follow Me, or it's the one with the, with, uh, what's his name, Toby from PLL. <laughs> I think I have seen that. Okay. Yeah, 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 if yeah. you remember that I like, movie. I like those escape, any escape, with you with saw ripoffs is me with escape, escape room. room. Which are <laughs> yeah. very similar. Um, if you remember the twist of that movie, uh, spoiler, not, not not spoiling anything. If you've seen one movie, you've basically seen both of them. It <laughs> essentially has the same twist. Oh, I don't think I remember, but. Okay. okay. Just That's trust me. Great. Like you're, you're going to probably suspect it halfway through. You're going to be like, wait, did. Um, and sure enough, like the last scene, you're like, oh God, they're even stupider than I thought. So that's sad. Yeah. So not a recommend unless you're a masochist. Uh, but that was safer at home. What do you got? Another new one. This is all I did. Um, the exorcist believer is a movie that (gasps) I watched. Ooh. Uh, is it as bad as I have been made to believe? Yes. Yeah. Um, but so it's coming to a surprise to no one that listens to this big fan of the creative team on this. Um, I like those Halloween movies. I, I know, I know. And I, I recently rewatched Halloween ends probably for the fifth time. It is, it is a masterpiece and I cannot, cannot wait for people to, to want to listen to me about this, but I, I was very open to this movie. Okay. Um, and I have a lot to say about it, but I'm going to keep it short. Um, the first half of it just sings. It's hmm. it's so good to me. I felt like the first half was like, this is what horror movies should be. This is what I want. This is amazing. Nice. No sacred cows. Let's keep fucking going. Okay. And then the second half of it is a different movie. Is it like the first half is its own thing and then the second half is an exorcist movie? No. Well, I mean, yes. 
kind of, but not, that's not my problem with it. It's just all of a sudden the end of it doesn't make sense. Mm. Like it, it p- characters completely change motivation. People wander in mm. and out of a single room. Um, there are strange choices that are kind of meaningless. Um, big buildups build up to nothing. And then I wonder about the timing of the Halloween movies coming out. The timing of this thing actually being in production, being edited, Mm. what were reshoots like? Because the first Halloween movie hit and it was like a fucking, it was an atomic bomb. It was like, this thing made so much money. It's changing horror. Like we are doing it. This is the new high bar for remakes. And then Kills comes out and people (laughs) can't stand it. So I wonder if they had this audacious, ambitious, wild script and then they had to go in and start changing oh. things because maybe Halloween didn't hit as good. Right, Because right. I think this was supposed to be a trilogy or is supposed to be a trilogy or uh, something. I know it hasn't done that well, so I would not be surprised if it if it is scrapped. Yeah. I don't know that they can afford to pay the scholarships that Ellen Burstyn uh, you know that whole story of how why she's in the movie. Yeah. They came to her and offered her money and she said no. And then they offered her more money and she said no. And then they offered her double that money and she said, I'll do it if you double it and give all the money to a scholarship fund. So good on her. Uh, but I wonder if that was like where most of the budget went. Yeah, it's it's strange and i do this is the type of thing that i would i want to hear a commentary like a, maybe mm, in a couple okay. of years from now commentary i want to know oh wait zach just messaged me the second exorcist got a release date for paramount plus only oh okay oh so, so they already probably started filming or yes, started production so, wow that's what that's mm. why i'm fascinated by it on top yeah. of the fact that the movie is just really wild and like kind of choppy and all over the place tonally i wonder what happened because Mm. those halloween movies (laughs) started to make the wrong kind of impression and and it had to have affected this fascinating yeah that i i believe you that actually does track Mm. interesting um what we got got was disappointing yeah that's it that's it yeah that's generally what i had heard um and you are one of those opinions. Even though we disagree on the Halloween movies, you are still an opinion I would trust on that. Well, so. I do appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give a good one, one that I liked, uh, even if I had no idea what actually happened in it. This is, I think it's on Hulu. It might also be on Shudder. It's called Come True. This is a, a young woman uh, seems to not be able to sleep. She goes to a sleep oh. clinic. Oh, I've been, this has been on my list forever and I'm afraid to watch it. Okay. I'm so excited. It's very, so, how do I say it? This movie, it's, it is very in that vein of kind of A24, a very cool, a very like, oh, the sound is a vibe. It's a very vibe movie, mm. if you will. That for me can sometimes not work at all and I can be very annoyed and feel very old. Yeah. This one worked for me. It definitely like it pulled me in. Um, It goes in very odd places. It ends in a very strange place. It, I don't know that it fully did everything I would have wanted it to do. It's, but I was like, it ended and it ends very abruptly. And I was like, oh, huh, okay. I, I'd like to watch that again. Uh, so I, I recommend it. Okay. I think no going in that you are not getting something so straightforward. Um, cool. And I think helps you watch it too, because if you start trying to 
deduce logic that is something you should not do in this movie like let it kind of wash over you go with the vibe of it Uh, lead actress is great um the soundtrack is fantastic i I think it's a director might have also done the soundtrack it's very synth oh cool yeah it's it goes places and it's very unusual i can't like i can't compare it to anything i I, it's a movie that i ended up like i wouldn't like i'm sure there were movies that were influential to this story but it really did feel like its own thing. And even if I didn't necessarily love everything about it, I really respected it for that. Well, I am prioritizing it. Okay. Those are all the best things that you could have possibly said. All right. I look forward to hearing what you think about it. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, Okay. Another one. (sighs) When Evil Lurks from this year. Oh, no. This is the one that people are going crazy for. I haven't watched it yet. Uh I think I might be broken. No, you're not the first person I heard that this didn't work for, if it helps. Yeah, I gave it a two and a half out of five. I think one of the stars is probably just because I get it is a competently crafted film. Okay. I just didn't like it. Mm. And, 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 and that's fine. A, a couple people have, have, um, recommended it to me since and i've said like oh yeah i've seen it and they were like oh did you love it <laughs> you loved it right and it's like no it wasn't for me and i really i say that sometimes as just a kind way to dip out sure but like also i re- i just don't think i was the audience for this like at all Interesting. Um, it's very um it's gross i guess it's okay. violent it's gross it's mean but those weren't even my problems with it i just didn't care about any of it hmm. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch it because it's been, you know, it's all yeah, a lot of people can talk about. Uh, is it? It's one that I should kind of watch in one sitting, you would say? I think so. Yeah, that's I why I haven't would, gotten to it yet. It would probably benefit. It's got um, really, it's good. got good tension build. Okay. And like good dread stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Nice. All right. Mm. I, I will check it out and see again which camp I fall into. Uh, another okay, another Shutter one that I watched that I didn't like. Um, I don't think anybody's really watched this one though. Has a great title. Has a great setup. The title is "The Ones You Didn't Burn." Oh, that's a great title. It is right, mm-hmm. and it's uh, set in Long Island, which I love. Like, it. All right, all right. Uh, not no real accents on display, so you know whatever. Uh, it's a like brother sister. Um, their their father has has died by suicide they go he owned a big farm out in mont on way out east um in the hamptons and they get there to kind of start cleaning stuff up and he has like two women that work like kind of work the land and there's clearly like something going on where they are descended from women who were burned as witches uh where the dad was of the family probably that burned them mm-hmm. and this all sounds great and like a fantastic start of a story and nothing really happens and it's so it i kept waiting for stuff for anything um and it i i don't even remember like what actually happens in it because it felt like nothing actually happened so disappointing like it would have been like a good short film that then you're like oh we'll turn this into a movie but you have to have an idea for where that story goes so it didn't didn't really work for me and i was disappointed oh that's i that's a crappy feeling yeah yeah i was rooting for it really wanted yeah, it. yeah yeah like female I, director like clearly a low budget like all mm-hmm. right all right brother sister thing going on let's let's do well, it and yeah uh, that's yeah. a that's a shame when you're really 
when you're really when you're on the on it. its side. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I was on this movie side. I was on this movie side the second it got announced. I was a number one fan of this movie before I watched. It. Oh, oh, <laughs> what do we got? Oh, I am very sad to announce that I did not enjoy a haunting in Venice. Interesting. Now I haven't seen any of these. Um, but okay. everything I had heard was that people seem to really like this one. I know. I don't know what's Did happening. Did you like the other two? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the first one, which was Orient Express, I actually adore, and I like it more than the uh, original mm-hmm. Orient Express film, which I I have now heard is sacrilegious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Uh, I don't know. I just think it's sippier. I enjoy it more. And sure, sure, I'm a sucker for Michelle Pfeiffer. She's in a movie. Right? That's Michelle Pfeiffer, right? I think so. It's everybody's in that movie. So I believe you, no matter who you said. But big fan of that film. Um, The second one rolled out. There's a there's a couple reasons to that. The second one's tough, and that's Death on the Nile. Sure. It's uh, it's uh, Gal Gadot. Gadot. I never know how to say her name. I think you do say the T, oddly enough. Um, and then Army Hammer. Yep. Which, and then it looked weird, and I didn't like it. We shut it off maybe a quarter of the way through. So I've okay. never finished that film. So I'm thinking, but other people seem to dislike it as well. Like, it wasn't just me. There seemed to be a basic feeling that Death on the Nile didn't work. Yeah, the so general I- consensus I had assumed based on, like, critics and word of mouth was that Haunting in Venice was the best one, followed by Orient Express, followed deep yeah. down by Nile. I I didn't um I didn't like I didn't like this one cuz it 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 wasn't smart. Mm. It wasn't clever. It wasn't mm. interesting. It wasn't fun. Um I I get it. It's not a it's not a classic who done it. It is a mystery. I I can understand the difference between those things. I do, the mystery wasn't interesting. There was a bunch of loose ends that never got brought up again. Mm. Um it was also confusing. The resolution was confusing. Okay. And I just didn't understand this version of Poirot because this is coming from like a person who like, I know this source material. I I read this book twice. Okay. I don't like it. I don't understand what it was doing and I didn't like it. And then to hear people be like, oh yeah, this is, this really hit. I'm like, what? I I think I live in the twilight zone now. (laughs) Sometimes it does feel like that and I get it. Yeah. Um, it's it's like got a three point one average on on a letterbox I, on letterbox. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We'll probably watch it at some point, but we haven't watched any of them yet. So yeah. I guess we kind of have to do them in order. Would you say? Well, you don't know because you didn't watch Nile. So. Well, no. I would say that you don't even need to watch any of them. Oh. Sassy and, words. Oh no no no! Not like that. Not like. That. Oh, you're saying, that... you, but you don't have to watch one to watch the other. Oh, no, because I don't feel like if you look at like the Peter Ustinov um, Perot's, you don't really have to watch all of those. You could just watch Evil Under right, the Right, right. They're, they're self-contained. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's because, I mean, sometimes you have in a mystery like that where you have a character carrying on, you might have a reference to the resolution of the movie before. Um, and that's where something like that, I would probably think like, oh, I shouldn't, because they may, I can't remember if this happens in Knives Out, but like, or rather in Glass Onion, there could have been an easy scene where they reference like, well, when you solved this crime and it was this person that did it. So that's why I would think you would have to go in order just to avoid any 
chance of that. Definitely not anything that explicit. Okay. But like at the end of Orient Express, I think we know the next one's going to be Niall. Like I think they like project that he's going. Okay. On, like, right. And that's fine. Yeah. 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 But nothing like, no, right. not like John Smith. Previously on this movie. Yeah. But yeah, watch them in order if you want. I think okay. Niall's going to be tough to get through though. Okay. Interesting. Uh, on the topic of sequels, where you really do have to watch the one before. Uh, so this is uh, this was one of my last Netflix discs. Oh, the saddest. Yeah, because I watched the first movie in this franchise on Peacock. And the second one was shockingly not available on Peacock, which is actually wild because it feels like it should be. Um, so I had to reserve one of my last Netflix discs for Decoys 2, Alien Seduction. If you remember, Decoys <laughs> was the uh, Canadian sci-fi horror movie about uh, aliens who come to this planet disguised as hot sorority babes and have to reproduce with men uh, but the, and basically like murder them as they do because the men can't handle the pregnancies and so on and so on. So Decoys 2, Alien Seduction, does, is another one you really had to have seen the first one because actors carry over, storyline carries over. Uh, only this one is packed with um, star cameos. We get both Tobin Bell and Dina Meyer. Love so that. So a Saw 2 reunion. Who's who's not excited by that? Uh, and this one, I think I actually liked more than Decoys. I think it was a little more self-aware and uh, I enjoyed it. If you were looking for a movie about um, like sorority babes who turn into gooey reptile monsters, you know, you, you got two of them right there. I love it. Yeah. That's a great, concise recommendation. Yeah. You know? <sighs> Look, I'm going to be real with you. I don't really have much else that I, I haven't already talked about in my life. Um, we rewatched Hubie Halloween, though. Oh, that is one of your, your uh, whatchamacallit, well, uh, I, thingies now that you do, right? I think it is now. I, this is the second time. I think we'll, we will make it a tradition. I do enjoy nice. parts of it quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, this wasn't meant to be, it's not really a tradition, but like usually on Halloween, um, we'll put something on that we want to watch. It might be a new movie or it might be a, a classic that we both watched. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, what ended up happening, so Christine, for the first time in my life, I had trick-or-treaters. Oh, that's so cute. I was so excited. We, I've never had them. Growing up, we lived in a house that was really had a long driveway, so nobody would ever actually come down to get candy. And then my entire life in apartments, I would, like, be ready. I always had candy in case, and nobody ever came. And this year, our building put up a sign to say, like, if you want trick-or-treaters, put a sign on your door. So we did. And we had four sets that day, and it was the most excited I've ever been. And I, like, threw candy in bags, and it was great. Oh, uh, so as I a result, too, like, we didn't, you know, necessarily, like, sit down and turn the lights off off like it was kind of mm-hmm. I was cooking I was standing near the door I had to make sure I could hear everything um and I think this was like one of those just what was on shutter when Brandon turned it on the original Night of the Living Dead which I'd been itching to rewatch. oh I recently rewatched it in uh like within this year I think yeah it's just truly amazing yeah, right it is it's and I think you know it's it's one of those movies that is one of those accidental classics like I I, obviously there are things about it that were genre defining and and changed the entertainment world in many ways but also the politics of it that were not intended to be politics but are there um and just other things about it that like every time I watch it I kind of because I'm so familiar with it I you really do start to 
just drill into something. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the whole realization of like, well, Mr. Cooper was right. Like, if they had just stayed in the basement, they would have been okay. Um, which isn't entirely true, because they also would have had to kill his daughter and might not have realized that. So, um, yeah, uh, this was the first time I think I finally decided that the two young characters, is it Tom and Judy, are not brother and sister, their girlfriend, boyfriend. I was never clear on that. I think it's pretty clear this time. I I've ha I had that thought at one point, I think. I think I remember realizing it. But... Yeah, definitely uh, something that took me time. Part of it might be because <laughs> I watched so much figure skating and there are brother-sisters, and it's hard to know how bad people act anymore. Well, I also have this theory that if you see something with even, like, the most mildly complex narrative when you're very young, sometimes your brain never knows it needs to go back in and, like, reevaluate yeah, that narrative. That's a great way of saying it. Um, like, so I saw this, I saw that movie for the, when I was way, way too young. So I guess I just never, I, I never went in and updated. Yep. It's, yeah. it's weird when that happens. Because there are still plot points in some movies that I like watched obsessively as a kid that I'll rewatch now and be like, huh, guess I never realized <laughs> I that. I never realized that. But same, same. Yeah. Um, I have a few more. Are you you're yeah, wrapped no, up? I'm basically wrapped up, yes. Oh, shocking. All right. So on the zombie front, I had one newer zombie movie that was very bad. Uh, mm. This was on Peacock again from like, I think I want to say it was like 2018 or so. Um, it's called Patient Zero. Uh, could have been called 28 years later or something to that effect because mm -hmm. it is essentially like there's a, a a virus that makes people really angry and strong and it, it's like the exact 28 days later definition of that zombie uh only this one stars let's see matt smith from uh game of thrones and doctor who natalie yeah. dormer who my god my my precious child natalie dormer i love you so much why can't you find a good movie to be in I can't. So with this cast, this should be a, a oh, home yeah. run. Oh, did I mention who the lead zombie is? Because the no. zombies, like, so the thing is, like, I'm calling them zombies. They're probably not, but they are. Who cares? Uh, Matt Smith was bit by a zombie, but he's okay. still okay. But he can like kind of communicate with them. So uh, it's and they're in a military compound. It's like underground. They've established sort of like a Day of the Dead type world where there's like civilians and there's a military and there's scientists and Natalie Dormer's a scientist only the scientist with the best hair you have ever seen Ooh. uh oh and the oh what's his name Sam Ga Sam not Sam Wise Ganji the other <laughs> Sam from Game of Thrones you know who I mean um he's also a doctor in there and like thankfully he dies really early because he's very um I can't stand him uh but so Matt Smith can communicate with zombies and they they're trying to find like patient zero the titular patient zero and they think they might have gotten him. And he is played by... So we've talked about this a lot, how I... Look, guys, I'm not cool. I never said I was cool. But pay attention to who I think is hot. Because five years after I say it, the rest of the world catches up. Hello, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Michael Shannon. Hello, Martin Short. Like, it's Rick great. Moranis. Do I need to keep Rick going? Moranis. Um Five years ago, well, no, longer than that, when did Burlesque come out? Whenever Burlesque came out, I said, you know who's really fucking hot is Stanley Tucci. Now everybody's a Stanley Tucci head. Everybody it's, loves Stanley Tucci. And I'm like, yeah, well, I knew it ahead of you. Anyway, Stanley Tucci is the head zombie. And yeah, well, this movie hold, hold should on, be good. Though. I think that you mentioned something really important, and I don't think we can skip over it. <laughs> it's about how right you are, and also Thank Burlesque. You. So I think it's worth going back to. So do you know, like, the, the massive... Um, re 
I don't know if I can call it that, but the reappreciation of burlesque, reassessment of burlesque. I mean, I know it has, you know, obviously as it should, a huge following and acceptance in the drag community and so on. But are we talking like they're going to make a remake of burlesque or something now? I don't think they're going to make a remake of it, but I've just been seeing a lot. It's been coming up in a lot Mm. of other places. I've Mm. seen people mention it in Mm. Reddit threads. So I think you're right again. Now we just need to wait for that terrible nutcracker movie you like to get popular yeah, give it time it'll it, it's gonna get there <laughs> that that one might take a little longer just you know for different legal clearances and there are so many <laughs> nutcracker movies but trust me one day we're all gonna be singing my song on that oh yeah so patient zero it's very dumb uh there's like one scene that gets good where the violence kind of kicks into gear again oh, it's boy. one of those things where like all there's like these like mean military guys who are all right like, if you actually listen to what they're saying and see what happens, you're like, you guys should have listened to the racist military guy. He was right the whole time. Uh, it's it's just dumb. And it's one of those movies that, like, it clearly thought it was going to be a franchise because it ends on a complete to-be-continued note. And, it like, who making this movie thought they had something here? Because it's just not very good. So that's Patient Zero. Um Okay, I, I have two newer-ish movies and then just a couple of older ones that I think will be fun to quickly talk through. So my two newer ones. So one was my like shutter find of the month, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if you know me, you know that I really like a good end of the world, we're trapped in a place type stories. You love it, yeah. There is a movie on Shudder that has a terrible title. Um the French title is better. The French title is just Lockdown. The American title is Lockdown Tower, which makes it sound like like a Jason Statham action flick. Have you heard of this movie or seen it go by at all? No. Okay. Lockdown Tower is a story of uh, an apartment building, like somewhere in the projects. And one day there's nothing outside. Like everybody opens their window and it's just black. And if you put something through it, it's gone. Like, and like gone, like it's a void. Like you put your hand, if you put your arm in and pull your arm out, you have lost your hand. Um, and This looks wild. Yeah. I loved this movie so much. Oh my God. It looks so good. You Holy should, it, it's, here's the thing that's going to make me sound strange. It's really dark. It's really depressing. But I also thought it was somewhat uplifting. Uh, it's, it's like very, it's very French feeling. It's like immediately what happens in this building because something that I mean, this I'm going to I won't spoil anything, but like very quickly, there's never a conversation of what's going on. Is it aliens? Is it this? Is it that? No, none of that. You can I'm sure there is conversation off screen on that. But like we never see the characters try to figure it out, which I think makes sense because these characters like none of them are wealthy. None of them have like fancy jobs like they're all basically realize nobody's going to come save us because mm-hmm. nobody ever comes save us. So we have to establish our society. And like within 10 minutes or like probably like two days, basically like the building separates racially. Um, and it, like in a way that is like, there, there's a racial stuff at play in this movie. And part of it is because it's French, it's not American. So it's a, you're kind of watching it at, at a distance. This would be, you could do an American remake of this movie, and I think it would be interesting, and it would be very different in the story you're telling. But in this case, it's very, like, there are some characters that kind of, like, fall in between, and they have to make choices, or they don't Mm -hmm. make choices, and that is their choice. Um, And it just, like, 
you're watching this movie and suddenly it says like one year later, 10 years later, like whatever it is, like it just, you, it is unlike anything I've seen. And, and so I'm like trying to read about it. And then immediately I also see on Reddit people saying it, after watching this, it reminded me so much of this other movie. So then I had to go find that other movie. Uh, and that other movie is not on Shutter. It was on Amazon Prime, but it might be moving. A sci-fi movie from, I think it's Denmark, called Aniara, A-N-I-A-R-A. Okay. Which is weirdly a really, like, parallel film to this. So Lockdown Tower, I guess it's a horror movie. I mean, it's it's very dark. It's, um, like, there's violence. There's there's not sexual violence. Um, I will throw that out there right away because it's something that That's you would good. expect from All a movie right. like this. And it doesn't like, there's a little bit of sex as a commodity, but it, it's not exploiting that at all. It feels like this is just a built in part of this world, but not in a way that it ever has, does anything it didn't need to do. Um, but so Aniara is a, again, Danish movie, sci- more sci-fi than horror. That is the world is end. It's kind of like Wally. The world has ended, but we can get everybody in spaceships and go to Mars and mm-hmm. rebuild. Uh, so, but you get on a big spaceship and you go. For, it's supposed to be about a month of travel to get there. And one of these spaceships, which is sort of like Fiddler's Green in Land of the Dead, like it's got everything. It's got a shopping mall. It's got a movie theater. It's got this. Love it. Uh, gets hit by debris and gets derailed. And so they're just like floating in space, which I know is a thing for you. And quickly they say like okay so we're really sorry but it's not going to be one month it's probably going to be two years before we get to mars and everybody freaks out and then very quickly it's like okay actually we don't really know if we're going to get to mars if we're ever going to get to mars we may be in space forever and we have we have water we have a food system we'll be okay but we're on a spaceship for the rest of eternity which is similar kind of to what lockdown tower is this idea of Mm -hmm. like you can live like there's ways to find food like you might have to do some things you don't want to do but you're living you're just never leaving this is your life and you're rebuilding it here and like both movies in some ways i think i don't know i feel like it's an interesting exercise because you can take them as being incredibly depressing and sad and they're both ultimately about both the end of the world and just death right because like look we're we're all on this planet or in this body only for a certain amount of time and then we're not so what difference does it make if we're in a tower or if we're on a spaceship or if we're able to run on a field of green um so i don't know in my own way like i found both of these movies i found them weirdly uplifting but i don't think most people would feel that way but i really loved them both no i i get i completely get what you're saying it does you know i it's sad maudlin topics but like you know not far from our own reality and it might be nice to see people making good choices Mm -hmm. and having community and and stuff it it reminds me kind of how you're talking about these reminds me of that show oh station 11 yes yes people really loved that for those reasons because it was a terrible thing that happened but then it was people dealing with it survival is insufficient right that's the theme of station 11 yeah look so i think i think you're onto something here i think these types of stories are really important i wonder if i will get too upset by them which is why i have not watched station 11 and why these movies make me nervous oh so first i would say for station 11 i i don't think you would be upset by station 11 
Um, I, I'm a big fan of that property in general. I loved the book. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love even more her sequels to that book or the books around. Like she's had like a couple of, she's one of those authors who sort of, um, does that thing that a lot of authors do where it's like almost like a literary universe that intersects with things, but it doesn't, you don't have to know, have read one book to get the other yeah, book. Yeah, but yeah, if you yeah. do, you get Like some... a shared universe? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I love her work. The show is much more upbeat than the book. The show actually is more a little more optimistic. Uh, and that was the thing about Station Eleven when it came out was nobody, everybody was like, really? We have a show about a plague right now? Um but it's it's very much the opposite of that. It is very much about like the the strength that comes from that and all the things that you recreate and like taking the past and turning it into the future and all of that. Uh, these movies aren't quite as cheerful, I think. Yeah. Um, but there is something, especially like Aniara ends on a note where you're like, okay, you know, hey, uh, Lockdown Tower, I think also, I think most people are going to walk out of that movie and say like, my God, what a how awful but there is something to both of those movies that they both do and again why they are such a good pairing they both center mostly on strong on these female characters who like make decisions throughout and sort of maintain a certain level of integrity in different ways um which i think also just for me there was like the last uh act of of lockdown tower felt like, oh, yeah, this is getting more and more depressing, but it's also not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Recommend to both. Those are great recommendations. Yeah, I would be. I can't wait to hear what you think of both. All right. Uh, and then just older movies I watched. I finally watched Deadly Games, the Home Alone French horror movie from 1989. You know that. You must know this movie. Dial, dial Code Santa Claus. I, I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm typing furiously. Great radio, everybody. <laughs> Oh, and it auto-corrected to Deadly Gamers. That's not what I'm no, trying to. No, it's not. Um, I, this was very much one of I those... I don't think I've watched this. But you must, you must know of it. This Because this was like Gentleman's Guy did this like in year one. Um, it's. I feel like it's very much like our movie community always knew this movie. It's a French oh, movie. Wow, I'm. I feel like again. Maybe I. Maybe this is a Mandela effect kind of thing. Maybe I'm yeah. from a different timeline. This version of Christine, I feel like, should have known this movie because it must have. Yeah. Like, I feel like Paris Cinema. There must have been an article about this at some point. This name, the name, sounds familiar. Deadly it has like seven different but... titles that might be part of it. Yeah, but maybe. it's essentially Home Alone. <laughs> um, like it, it's a, a kid in France who is home alone on Christmas, kind of, and a Santa Claus, like a kind of crazy guy dressed as Santa Claus, is trying to break in and murder him, and he's setting traps for him. Like it's, I mean, again, it's it's Home Alone, but french and more violent well maybe not as violent actually well how how was it i liked it it's fun yeah, yeah. i mean i i'm looking at the pictures that mm -hmm. are on the imdb and it does look it looks fun yeah i enjoyed it it's on shutter uh no i i figured out pretty quickly i'm like this i'm not gonna get attached to the dog the dog's gonna die right yes the dog dies so just be aware oh that's actually good to know mm -hmm. of course i i know our values okay yeah that's, that's very important Right. And then the last two, let me throw out, these were older movies um, that I watched. Uh, again, as you know, the education of my, my niece. We have to go through some of the classics and yeah. whatever version of classic that is. Um, so this time she was a big Hellraiser fan, but had only ever seen the first one. So it <gasps> that's was Hellraiser ex that's 2 That's really time. exciting. Yeah. 
uh, how do you feel about Hellraiser 2? I like Hellraiser 2. I do too. I think it's it's more interesting than the first one in some ways. Well, this is, I guess it's because of my age and when things were on TV, but I had a pattern of of being more connected to sequels than originals. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, Ghostbusters is a great example. I saw the the second one a million times more than mm-hmm. the first one and know it way better and actually end up liking it way more sure and this and hell hellraiser is kind of that same way i saw the second one so much that for a while i thought it was the first one i get that yep just and i think i prefer i you want to know what it is hellraiser is a is a very specific kind of movie and then hellraiser 2 is a different kind of movie and yes. i kind of like that it's bigger it's mm-hmm. um it's i mean hellraiser is very self-contained right it's like this one house and yep. things that are going on through there whereas hellraiser 2 it's like oh we're at hell now and hell is endless and weird yep. and weird visually yep. wild and it also does that thing i had completely forgotten it did this thing of introducing who you think is going to be like your main hero and in love interest and then 20 minutes in killing him uh, mercilessly loved it yep yeah uh, which I had completely forgotten it did that, and I love it because I feel like movies didn't do that as much back then. Mm-hmm. It was it was genuinely jarring. Yeah, and you have yeah. a skin suit, which I love a good skin yep. suit. It's like one of those random things. I never realized how much I love a skin suit until I like watched like two movies in a row that involved a skin suit. But they're the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the ending, I, and I, my niece felt this way of that. The it's a bit abrupt on how like these characters that have been like built up so much are fairly easily disposed of. Um, but I do, oh, I do agree with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can agree. But yeah, it's, it's fun. And then the last one, and I know you have thoughts on this. So <laughs> uh, it had come to all of our attention that my husband had only seen this movie one time in the theater uh, and that my niece had never seen it, even though it's like, like many movies like this, you, you know, every part of it, but you, it's a different experience when you sit down and turn out the lights and watch the Blair Witch Project. Wow. This is very exciting. This is why I want to go and take somebody's kid. I want to be with some I want to be with somebody for the first time yeah. when they watch Blair Witch because I mean I saw it in the theater when it came out when I was a little tiny bean and and it it changed my life so I can't even fucking imagine. It realizing I realized very quickly when we started watching it that I don't think I had watched it beginning to end lights off since that day in the theater. <gasps> what? Yeah, I feel like I've watched it here. I've like I, I I turned it on DVD once and like was had it on while I was doing other things, but the actual like no turn the lights out, put put the phones away, like turn like we are watching this movie beginning to end. I uh, this was the second time I had that experience. And by golly, it's a good experience. This, this movie, it still gives me like anxiety and and panic feelings. And I've seen it. I've seen it a lot for a while. That was my like, thanks. Thanksgiving. uh, Halloween. Yeah. It's it's my my specific Halloween movie. So I've seen it a lot and it always surprises me just how freaked out I can get. Yeah. Same. Like I'm watching it. I'm like, I feel my heart beating. I'm like, what? What? I know where this goes. It doesn't need to beat (laughs) like this. Yeah. Um, and then it's fun to go through like, well, remember when people thought this was real? Remember yep. like and it I mean, I saw it opening night and we had to drive to two theaters to find tickets because it was sold out and it was sold out and uh 
it yeah and i mean erin really liked it i she wasn't she's was like that was actually good um my husband my darling husband still has a nagging issue with it that actually makes him not enjoy it whoa yeah uh he does not believe that the because and as i'm talking through it and like justifying things about it I'm realizing, like, I know the Blair Witch in part because we all also watched the documentary that aired, you know, the day it came out. Mm-hmm. And so we know about Mary Brown and we know about, you know, the the guy who killed those kids and he did it because of the Blair Witch. Like, we know that. And Brandon's point is that the movie never actually tells you that. That you get stories, but the connecting threads of the Blair Witch is the thing that makes you face the corner when you're friends are killed and all of that Mm -hmm. is not actually in the text of that movie and for him that is a sticking point that really bothers him and like doesn't make it work for him fully i i would never begrudge anybody that yeah at all i i literally just admitted at length to having a problem with the fact that it wouldn't have been josh hutcherson's responsibility if (laughs) freddie's got vandalized when he wasn't there but but like yeah, I don't I don't ever that's not a problem for me at right. all. Like I, I, I don't know. I give my I, I am so willing to give myself yep. to that Same. movie and that story. But if someone wasn't fully, I get yeah. it. Um I think what was really interesting watching it this time and having I mean, we were there in nineteen ninety nine. We remember like Thank God the internet wasn't quite as old as it was in some ways, because do you remember all the parody videos that we had mm-hmm. on, like, late night? Can you imagine how many would have been on our feeds? If yeah. Um, but my my fear going back to it, like, clear-eyed watching it today, was that the sort of, like, relationship stuff would, would be more irksome, that, like, I remembered it as being, like, very people hated Heather and all that whole thing. And watching it this time, I thought what I realized today, I'm like all three of them fuck up it is all three of their faults yeah for real i think i've had that um moment too where it's like oh wait a second we're so quick to make it be heather's fault yep yeah but it really is like mike kicks the map in in the pool but like heather couldn't read the like clearly heather wasn't reading the map right like Mm -hmm. nope all three of them are wrong all three of them are the cause of of this whole thing um and yeah it it's good if you have not sat down and turned the lights out and just given yourself to that movie do it it's so rewarding unless you're my husband (laughs) well i mean look uh, there's always those outliers i suppose i suppose but yeah so that was that was that was my list and that's all your list yeah i mean i will i rewatched a lot of stuff but I tried to hit some newer unseen mm-hmm. things and I think overall it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> well, have I got a cure for you? Because as we look at the calendar, it's November Uh-oh. 19th. Uh, now November Thanksgiving happens this week, which is great. I love Thanksgiving. I love this time of year. I love it being crispy outside. Um, but you know what happens after, after Thanksgiving, Christine? We all uh, spend responsibly and stay to ourselves. (laughs) Obviously. And one of the ways we can do that is by learning about values and learning about, you know, uh, how all of those those big city ideas we had about money are just wrong. So that's why my December viewing 
in addition to figure skating, and usually a Silent Night, Deadly Night or two, ends up being cozy cardigan Christmas movies. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time, which means stocking stuffers. Uh, Can you explain what those are to the people who are going to have to hear my voice a lot the next month? So... Emily, Emily loves the seasonal film. Do I? Um, Do I? I don't know. Emily's fascinated by a seasonal film. So, so every December there are stocking stuffer episodes, which are either Emily solo or Emily with a guest. That is sometimes me, but oftentimes (laughs) not talking about a uh, Christmas movie, sometimes a Hallmark movie, sometimes a more popular wide release Christmas movie that's gaining attention, like we did the Princess Switch movies. That's what those are called. Yeah, right? they still need to make like. <laughs> I, there's a trilogy that has not been completed. There. I need another one. Yeah. Honestly, we watched like the Christ- Christmas night. I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> You're close <laughs> enough. Uh, the night before Christmas. The night oh, yeah, before yeah. Christmas. That was it. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I've explained it, and now everyone understands. So now I bet they're all wondering, like I am. Is there something special this year that we'll be covering? So there's been one suggestion on the Facebook group. Um, (laughs) I didn't look much more into this movie except to know that I believe it has Mona from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, I love that. um, Who needs a bigger career. Like one of the best little liars. And she's just doing these movies. So there's something called Never Been Christ. Oh, no. And I mean, your name is Christine. So I feel like that's the natural one for us to do. Now It's brand new? Uh, this is a new one. I need to figure out what network it is, because let me explain. Um, those savvy listeners, and I mean literally, like, people with good hearing, during this episode, you might have occasionally heard a little bloop in the beginning. That was because I was on the um, chat for my cable company, because I discovered today that I don't have the Hallmark channel. And I'm pretty sure I had it last year. So I was chatting with Optimum for two hours in total is what it ended up being because they kept transferring me because I think they thought it was like a network issue, but it was actually an account issue. Um, And the entire time I'm thinking the person that they're picturing they're talking to is probably very different (laughs) from the person that's actually here because they're thinking, Oh my God, we have another crazy lady who's whining about not being able to watch Hallmark, which I guess is true. Like that's what I was doing. Um, so yes, currently I don't have the actual Hallmark channel, but some of those movies are on Peacock and there's Hulu, there's uh, Netflix. I'm sure there's a Tubi original that I got to find this year. Uh, so these are all things. Now, Never Been Christ. Let's it, see. It looks like it's on Fubo. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Hallmark channel. So we have to hope that it makes its way to Peacock. Okay. 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 Um, do you know anything about... Uh, Joey Botkin, J-O-I-E, the writer of Never Been Chris. I do not. Do you? Uh, No, just a prolific career, and I would like to know more. Well, that is often true of a lot of the people behind these movies, is that they work a lot. Uh, I, so she also wrote Hashtag Christmas, Our Italian Christmas Memories. Oh, I need to find that one. Uh, Beverly Hills Wedding. Um, she is listed on, where'd it go? I feel like somewhere I just, I don't know. A whole lot of, Falling for You, A Song for Christmas, Miss Christmas, Christmas at the Palace, Jingle Around the Clock, A Rush with Love, Love in the Sun. Um, there's one title that might not be Christmas, but Um, she does definitely have a lane. 
additional crew, Jennifer's body. Wow. I just want to talk to her and maybe like hold hands and like absorb some of her power. Yeah, yeah. Because, because uh, Cranberry Christmas seems good. I, hey, you, look who you're talking to. <laughs> so wow. people, hold on. Um, I, nor, but this time last year I had like a perfect spreadsheet. This time this year, I do not have a perfect spreadsheet. So it might be a little chaotic. I don't know how many we're getting this year. Um, I've been bad about, normally I have to schedule carefully because you need to schedule watching the movie and then a time that works for both you and the guests to record it. And I've just, it's December 19th or November 19th, which is actually later than it should be for this activity. But uh, there will be more. So for those of you who just think this is the dumbest thing in the world, A, I don't disagree. And B, <laughs> just come back in January when Christine is back for real and we do real episodes. Yeah. It's still fun, though. I think so. I think even because I think if you've never listened to the stocking stuffers, too, some of the thing that makes it fun is that Emily has, like, things she looks for. And, oh, yes. Like, it's like a whole thing. So yeah. um, and I will post that. I will put the list. Um, usually, you know, it evolves each year. Kind of something comes in, goes out. Uh, I'll put that list up on, okay, I'll put it on the Facebook page. I'll probably screenshot it and then put it on Instagram because it's really hard to type <laughs> that much on my phone. I don't really understand how Instagram works, guys. It's not getting any easier. Uh, but we are still at Facebook, Feminine Critique as a group. Uh, Christine is not there, but I do relay things to her when we need to. If you have something important for me, she'll send it. Yes. And then we are on Twitter, not Twitter. Hang on on Twitter. We are on Instagram at the Feminine Critique Pod, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, so, okay. We are both on Blue Ski. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Deadly Dolls. You're... Xteen underscore Makepeace. Okay. Uh, I am still on... Twitter, I'm still going to call it that, and yes, take a drink anytime anybody says, I'm still calling it Twitter. It just is stupid to not. Uh, I'm there at Deadly Dolls. The show is there at Feminine Podcast, but I always forget it's there, and I think everybody's left Twitter, so I don't even know if it's. I'm going to bother keep updating it there. Uh, but yes. So Instagram maybe, and Facebook. We should maybe start a Blue Sky for... For the pod. For the pod. We I should. have extra invites, so Ooh, maybe that we, makes we sense. could do it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> Cool. Let's do it. We'll tell you what that name is once we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, if I remember to do it after I hang up. That too. <laughs> All right. So for those, uh, I guess, in this land, happy Thanksgiving. Those in not this land, happy November. And we will see you all soon. Goodbye. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry and cold and hunted. Just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! 
Christmas. <laughs> 